This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're buying ourselves some new clothes, driving sex workers around, running afoul of Michael Caine, and some pimps while watching spine number 107 in the Criterion Collection, Neil Jordan's Mona Lisa from 1986. But first, RJ, mm. it was WrestleMania. That's what you're going to open with, eh? <laughs> you're going to open. You're not even going to ask me how I how I am, what I'm, how I'm doing. Well, you're how, just going to open how, right up with. Well, how were you before WrestleMania, and how are you now after WrestleMania? Well, before I think I was probably a better person, and then uh, the day after WrestleMania, I reached a new level of shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, me and Andrew got pizza from a local establishment, and I ate so much pizza that after I was finished. About 20 minutes later, I was violently vomiting for about half an hour just from eating too much because I'm a fucking animal. I I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. I'm not. You can ask Andrea. I threw up for about a half an hour. And it's not it's not like it was bad or anything. Like it's a good joint. It's just I ate too much. Wait, and so this is after you had pizza at it was the day after. So, it was the, so the day after. within 24 hours, you had like, I don't know, like two, a pizza and a half or something like that? Oh, it was, it was more than that, I guarantee it. Holy fuck. It was, I, I ate so much pizza on Monday, and I was so, so sick. Hmm. So uh, I really got to change my life, man. Okay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good way to lead. So I, since you're starting with it, people might know, uh, I only let Jared talk about wrestling two, maybe three times a year. And this is one of those unfortunate and, and, times. And usually it's when you're actually there as well. When I am yeah. uh, a participant in uh, his viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is one of those rare times. So please bear with us. If you don't like it, skip ahead like hey, 10 minutes uh, maybe. I'll, I won't talk about wrestling if we got more listener emails. Uh, we got we had none this week. So, okay. so now you get to fast forward past WrestleMania talk. <laughs> Okay. Well, I guess that's fair. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, change it. Um, and as usual, I, I'm not really interested in talking about the show myself because mm-hmm. whatever. I'm more curious about you who don't follow the uh, – I don't see, I don't even watch this stuff weekly. Yeah. I listen to podcasts that recap it. Um, it's just I, I can't stand watching this stuff week to week. I'll watch the stuff when it builds up to the big matches, all that kind of junk. Uh, but I was more interested in hearing what people who don't follow it think about the presentation and whatnot. So, RJ, right. it's been a year now. You started mm-hmm. uh, with us last year uh, mm-hmm. watching your first wrestling show in forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're one year in. You've you've got a few under your belt now. And uh, what, what did you think of uh, the mains this year? WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, well, I got to say, so, yeah, it was about a year that you brought me back in the game. I hadn't watched it since I was a little kid. 10, 15 years. Who knows? Uh, and the one, the show you brought me to last year, having seen a few more, I feel like was probably the wrong one to watch right off the bat because last year's was kind of, I don't want to say, like, like it, it was. I I enjoyed watching it. It was fun because I hadn't seen anything like it. But as now an, that as a novelty, seen, yeah. Yeah. Now that I've seen more, is like, ooh, last year's was a little bit a uh, little bit on the lame side. Uh, first of all, because they had that like eight hundred foot ramp that took like nine hours for people to walk down. 
Um, it was the outdoor arena, which I thought was like a little weird. I don't know. It didn't look right. So this one going in hot, we had a, an indoor arena, a normal sized ramp, uh, wrestlers that I am now familiar with, uh, some old ones that I was familiar with too. Um, I actually, uh, thought this WrestleMania was pretty fun to watch, to be honest. Uh, nice. I thought the majority of the matches were very entertaining for me. Uh, you could, I knew some of the people, some of the people I didn't know, but uh, even so, I was like, yeah, they're doing a better job this year. They're, they're really hammering, it, hammering away at it. There were some highlights. There were some lowlights. Uh, there were the little people and the pancakes. <laughs> you can decide whether that's a highlight or a lowlight. It's oh, a highlight. Um, yep. Uh, hey, when, were... I, think, I think when you're talking wrestling, you can just call them midgets. Mm, the the views and opinions of Jared Duncan are his own. Uh, I distance myself from everything he says. Uh, there were some matches I thought were pretty cool. Billy Ray Cyrus versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was pretty rad because those are two pretty cool dudes. Um, I thought the Ronda Rousey fight was actually pretty cool. Uh, I don't. I guess maybe it's the hype machine and the build up, but. Uh, seeing Triple H trying to powerbomb Ronda Rousey, I uh, thought was... Pretty- I think it was the pedigree. Well, he it was, but then he brought her up because she did her uh, leg thing and flipped yeah. her down. So I feel like it was going to be a powerbomb. I don't know. Yeah. But, I, uh, yeah and then you see her wailed on or her wail on some dudes for a while. That was pretty entertaining. Um, I think she's in the right spot. I thought she was really annoying as a UFC fighter. Um... I think she's better off in the WWE, especially because she can't fight anymore in real life. So mm-hmm. why not slap her in there or whatever? Uh, what else we had? We had the return of fan favorite Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. or Brian Daniel. Since. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that guy's name is. Uh, I don't know much about him because he had been long retired since I had st- started watching. Yeah. But uh, he, it sounds like he is like everyone's favorite. No one hates that guy. Almost. And uh, he had to retire early because of concussions, but they cleared him. And he's going to be a vegetable in like 20 years, but dang, dang it, he not, wants to wrestle. Not my problem. Not our problem. Uh, and that was pretty cool. Uh, I guess for a guy who hasn't wrestled in three years, they, I think m- more or less they brought him back in a good way. Like, I don't think he did anything fantastic in my mind, but yeah. I wouldn't have expected him to be like the most elaborate show ever. I mean, one one bonk on the noodle, and that guy's gonna be yogurt. So, <laughs> what, what do you expect? Um, that, what else? It, I like what? that the uh, the neuroscientist here <laughs> really. Know, but you don't know uh, about yogurt brain. Really know your stuff. <laughs> well, I didn't study concussions. I have okay. no I I have no idea what concussions. Well, that's not true. But anyways, <laughs> anyways. I'm gonna stand by it. That's uh, masters in neuroscience approved. You get bonked on the noodle, you're gonna turn into yogurt. Yeah. Um, John Cena versus The Undertaker was pretty fun, uh, only because Undertaker is so old, mm-hmm. and his match was under three minutes long. Um, so his, and his walking down was like five minutes. Yeah, the highlight of that though was the '90s style graphic computer graphics, uh, lightning. purple lightning. Yeah. Oh man, that was so sweet. Um, what else do we have? Uh, my girl Nia Jax. She came in and she tossed some bitches around. Uh, she's awesome. She rules. I like her. Uh, you had other big men like Braun Strowman. He was doing stuff with little kids. <laughs> of that. Um, nothing illegal. And then, yeah, nothing illegal. And then the main event, which uh, from what I gather was more or less the 
skid mark on the entire uh, event. It was the big <laughs> letdown, and uh, even I saw that uh, veteran viewers like you, and even fresh guys like me. There's a guy I follow on Twitter who this was his first in like 20 years, and I think he described that match as. He, he's like, it's like a fighting game with the two best characters and they're just doing their special moves, but somehow it's still like boring and not very engaging at all. So yeah. it sounded like uh, there was some real life uh, drama after that because uh, Brock Lesnar got booed when he won. And then uh, it sounds like he got it into it uh, in the back with some of the uh, the upper ups, the Vince McMahon's of the world. But who knows? Yeah, that stuff is always just like who knows what what's real and what's what's going on, what's actually going on. Because the next day he was signed to a contract for like yeah another whatever six months or a year or whatever. They have this like big show coming up in Saudi Arabia, and uh, they're they're having a rematch in a steel cage and a fifty man oh, battle royal and uh, whatever. Undertaker's gonna be wrestling a match there, wrestling that root that Rusev. Undertaker is. Yeah. He, he'll oh be man. Un- casket match. And uh, why won't they let him die? Uh, well, because he, I guess he's okay. He's he he's a very capricious man. He changes his mind all the time. So I don't know. Uh, mm. Yeah. To I guess to speak to what you made comments about already. I like yeah, Ronda Rousey. Uh, she's never re- like done pro wrestling yep. in her life before. And in the build up to this, there were some real lame promos. She she still smiles way too much. And yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Uh, that that match was awesome. Like I loved it. I mm-hmm. think it, it it perfectly it encapsulated what when WWE does their big broad sort of storytelling stuff, and it actually works. They they do it really well. Um, the one I always think of is actually uh, WrestleMania eighteen, which was at in Toronto, and it was uh, The Rock versus Hulk Hogan, and mm-hmm. that match like as a wrestling match is like. Not good, but as a piece of theater and like weird kind of serendipity where a crowd completely turns uh, and doesn't go uh, with the storyline, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's like it's still one of those things I think about and think, oh, and you listen to like audio even of the crowd of that night, it's just incredible. So, yeah, hmm. that, that was like totally the highlight of this show. Um, and yeah, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, I think, under delivered. They did not, yeah. they, they, they did not do the match that. People, people anticipated um, and I think it's kind of weird because they did the thing where AJ beat him and you're mm-hmm. like that's it and then they did the turn where now Nakamura because before it was like good guy versus good guy respect respect mm-hmm. now Nakamura is going to be a bad guy and they did this uh, promoted last night on the television show Smackdown mm-hmm. uh, establishing him as like he's sort of like a scheming bad guy who just kind of, he's like, Oh, I'm really sorry. I did that horrible thing. Wink, wink. Like he literally mm-hmm. winks. And then when asked to like explain his, uh, his reasons for doing what he did, he's like, Oh, sorry. Don't speak English. So, <laughs> wow. So it's interesting that they're going down this route where he's like, now like he's playing like, Oh, I'm just a dumb Japanese guy. who doesn't speak English. And, but he, but he, nice. he's owning it. And I think it works really well. I'm um, actually, Excited for the big match. It's just disappointing that the big match that like we were expecting didn't happen at the show mm-hmm. we were expecting, and hopefully we do get that down the road. But yeah, and like I said, uh, you got to watch Shane McMahon again, uh, having uh, a, yeah, having him throwing hands, bloated and purple and sweaty and hurting mm-hmm. people and hurting himself. And it was great. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's. Kind of what I thought, but I, I actually thought it was pretty good. I thought it was good mania, brother. Yeah, I mean, so, I, the first half I liked quite a bit, and then yep. 
they did stuff that I kind of just like, oh, it brought it down for me. But it was like fine. The one show that just was awesome that like I was like that was a real highlight of wrestling that I've seen for a long time was uh their developmental uh they do called mm-hmm. NXT Takeover they did the night before those shows they just do such an amazing job and it's kind of like why aren't the ma- real main shows as good as the little shows but mm-hmm. there's lots of boring reasons for that anyway yeah. mm-hmm. that's <laughs> yeah. the wrestling talk i guess yeah. so other than vomiting uh dig- half digested pizza and whatnot how you doing mm-hmm. uh well as i said i think i need to change my life but uh not today not today <laughs> not today maybe some other time yeah Cool. Uh huh. <laughs> well, RJ, uh, yo, what, what you been? What you been creeping on? Man, a lot. Girl, I watched a lot of movies this week. I've noticed. You've, you're, think, you're, you're really turning into a Jarrett here. Yeah, I don't really know what happened. Even, um, I think Andrea was gone on Friday or Sat. No, okay, I know what happened. Saturday, I was like really sick with this cold. And Andrea went to her dad's, and uh, she was gone for the whole day. So uh, I was just sitting uh, in the room with a humidifier on, just watching movies all day long. And when you have a full Saturday, you can get in like like eight, ten movies. I remember if those that's days. all you're doing. Yeah. So I don't do it often, but I did it this week, and it's good because it seems like I'm the only one who's dedicated to the podcast anymore, and even watches movies. I guess. Um, Yep. Uh, anyways, uh, what did I watch? Uh, oh, you know what I wanted to talk about first year? What? I want to talk about Atlanta, the Donald Glover show. <sighs> because not only do I have a, a lot of movies to talk about, I want to talk to you about that. Because me and Andrea watched that this week. And that show is fantastic. It's really good. And I want you to watch it. And I want to pressure you into watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? What? What's holding you back? It's high quality entertainment. I, t- time I, I i generally just don't watch tv i mean i do want to watch the terror but i mm-hmm. want to be it's gonna be a couple weeks before i get to that um don't you worry rj i'll, I'll be laid off soon i'll have lots of time mm-hmm. to watch all these tv shows that you tell me to watch and i might watch even some of them well i believe uh your buddy steven soderberg just hailed the most recent episode of Atlanta, of atlanta as the finest ep- single episode of television he has ever oh, seen okay that just made me not want to watch it good job you, you, well, you, you killed it. It's it's when, really good. Every, every time, okay, if directors who are listening to our podcast, yeah. celebrities, I know you're all listening. I see mm-hmm. I see the numbers. Uh, yeah. Don't say things like that ever. Don't say this is something because you sound like a fucking chud. You sound like a, a Potsky yeah. who is just like, okay, you know what's going to happen is people. Are, it's a challenge. You're going to get people's eyes on it, but then they're going to get yeah. mad when it's not as good as you're saying. So stop it and and don't and don't abuse yeah. it. Don't be Stephen King in his little fucking write ups and recommendations in every horror book. How this is yeah. like this is it kept you up. Keep you up at uh, night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, okay, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Oh, this is the finest example of television I've seen in this era. It's like, no, it wasn't. It really, no. Well, okay, like, uh, I, I hate okay. it. Anyway. I, I understand. Okay. I just, yeah, I understand. All I was going to say is I'm late to the game because it's already in its second season, so a lot of people know about it for a long time. I didn't know anything about it other than I heard good things, and uh, we watched it, and I thought it was fantastic. I think he's a really smart dude, and uh, some of the episodes are just, aw- like, I don't know. I I think it's really good. And the recent episode was like a horror movie almost. So that's why I was trying to push you towards it because it's it's very good, man. Okay. All right. 
All right, I'm, buddy. I, I'm I'm under advisement. I'm, I've been I've been told. Okay. We'll All right. see. So you know what a good way to kick off your weekend is a really fun chipper movie to watch to start your weekend. Mm, movie about a child who's against a fun his mother. Child? Yeah. So I watched We Need to Talk About Kevin mm-hmm. from 2011. John C. Riley, baby. <laughs> John C. Riley, baby, from uh, this lady named Lynn Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everyone knows what this movie is about. Uh, I had never seen it, though. Right. Should I say? So this movie is about uh, the parents of a bad a school- seed. A bad seed, yeah, yeah. and uh, them dealing with the guilt and grief and things like that. Um, so, a lot of people have talked about this movie forever as being this really like dark and I don't I don't know how else to describe this this very serious movie about this very serious topic that's all too real. So I went into this not really like I, I I'd heard lots of good things, but I was like, all right, well we'll see what it's like. Um, so. I thought it was good. Uh, I don't think it is the masterpiece that everyone else says it is. I know why they do, though. This movie, like, some things that are really good about this movie is uh, she does a really good job of, like, oh, it's like this disjointed, like, uh, nonlinear story, but it flows really well where it, I don't think you get lost in it where, because it, it jumps between different times and it kind of jumps between, uh, Tilda Swinton's like, like her, like what she's kind of going through and the way she's dealing with guilt and almost like distorted memories, kind of, or like whether they're real or distorted, like present time. It's called because she, elliptical storytelling. Elliptical storytelling. Oh, God. All right. Uh, so, like, it does a really good job with that stuff. And I think they handle the content really well. And the movie looks super good. There's lots of really nice images, lots of red everywhere. There's everything is red all the time. Uh, I liked it, but I almost thought that at some points it was like too much. Like almost there were some times where I was like, this is this is like satire level stuff where Hmm. the shitty like the really shitty kid is being like super shitty. And it's like, yeah, I know people are like that, especially like those kinds of people. But it got to a point where I was like, this is too much. And not not that the the content was too dark. I was like, it's I thought it was overkill at at certain times. Um, Do do you you've seen this, right? Do you know at all what I'm talking about? Does that ring any bells at all? Not your complaints don't. I, I okay. Don't I remember. I, I remember people. like I remember two things about this movie. Yeah. And like I look back, whatever I rated it, like a seven out of ten. Like it's yeah. it's good. I don't love it. I wouldn't probably watch it ever again. Um, that sort of thing. But I remember the the bit where the kid is just masturbating and uh, Tilda Swinton walks in of on course. him and he keeps like he's yeah. like he, it's not the usual like oh geez mom no he just like keeps going by staring her down like fuck you mom um, mm-hmm. and like I kind of vaguely remember like John C Riley just like not accept like not really like taking her side he's always like oh geez maybe it's your problem I, I think there's something yep. wrong with you the whole time and also mm-hmm. the use of uh that washington phillips song uh mother's last word yep. to her son that which is like like that song is amazing i had never heard it before and until i watched this movie and yeah that song's mm-hmm. wicked uh but yeah that's like all i really remember and then 
Yeah. It's just like, again, like the elliptical storytelling. It kind of just tells these little snippets of moments and stuff like that. And you don't know what's happened because it's like, it's mm-hmm. kind of going backwards and forwards as far as like, this is what's going on right now. And you, but it's mm-hmm. all vague and people don't look at them the same way. And then it all builds to archery <laughs> and, yep. and, and school archery. Yeah. No, like they, they do a really good job of like laying foundations of things and then green. like it's, going. <laughs> It's evil what? It's a movie about evil Green Arrow. Yeah, it is, essentially. Um, But no, yeah, like, they do a really good job with the elliptical storytelling uh, of going, like, back and forth. Like, the the sprinkler sound you hear throughout, and you're just like, oh, shit, what happened at the sprinklers? So they, like, they do a good job of building those foundations and that stuff. Like, I think it's good. There's... There isn't like a lot of stuff to dislike about it. I I could see other people maybe complaining that it's not in the too much that I thought, but too over the top in the other sense where it's like, uh, uh, like the use of color stuff. Uh, like there's so much red and I liked it, but I could see that getting on people's nerves a little bit. It's like, it's too much already. Um, but no, it's just, it was the way they handled the, like the kid, the character, some of the stuff he was doing. I was just like, I, even though I know that's how some of those people are, I was like, I don't buy this really. It's, it's too it's too maniacal over the top that it's like I don't think this fucking five year old kid is so like vindictive and uh, elaborate in his schemes that he he's like planning all this like really evil shit like I'm gonna shit my pants like nine times today but he's like eight years old and it's like I guess that could probably happen but <laughs> it's it's it was too I don't know I I just thought it was silly sometimes how much they hammer away at how bad this kid is. Right. So. Well, cause I, I think I remember when I went in watching this, I kept thinking it was kind of like, Oh, is this gonna be like a Damien type of thing? Cause the kid looks like Damien too. Yeah. Dark hair, pale blue eyes. And it's like, cause mm-hmm. people just believe him. And, uh, I just kept hearing the, Oh, Oh, Damien. <laughs> it's <laughs> all for you, Damien. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well that like, they do a good job with that too. Like the John C. Riley stuff you were talking about, like, I think those scenes are actually come off pretty well. Like you can see why John C. Riley like almost doesn't believe her because he like always walks in and she's like, I hate you, you little piece of shit. Yeah. And he's, he's like, Jesus, (laughs) he's like, why are you yelling at this little kid? (laughs) He's he's such a, he's such a good chump. Yeah. So like those parts are good too, but I don't, I don't know how you handle it. Like, Mm -hmm. did you you ever see um, that movie Joshua with Sam Rockwell? No, I don't even know what that is. Oh, so it's like a. It kind of came out around the same time, not the same, maybe not the same year. Uh, but it's like it yeah. is. It's like a Damien movie, but but okay. Sam Rockwell is playing the John C. Riley, and he's like, well, "What's the problem? Like, our he's our son. You know, he's a good kid." Even though it's like, no, he's 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 a bad. No, he he's, sucks. He's a bad kid, and he's scheming and doing setting up all this stuff. And Sam Rockwell's like, "Oh, come on!" Like he kind of like complicit, and it's just like his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very good companion piece, I think, to this movie in some ways. Uh, but it flips the parent, and like mm-hmm. a different, it's a different perspective, I guess. I, I see. Uh, oh, I I was gonna say full disclosure. I skipped ten minutes of this because it was Christmas and a guinea pig entered the uh, the scene here, Uh-oh. and I was like, I know where this is going. Yeah. No thanks. So <laughs> I I honestly just jumped ten minutes, and then uh, there was no more guinea pig in the movie. And um, I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure I know what happens. I can live without that. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I missed something really great, but uh, I doubt it. Probably not. Um, but no, I, I don't, don't know. remember that bit at all. It's good. It's difficult content, but uh, <laughs> I didn't find it like hard to watch because it was like, oh, man, 
this is so like so real. I was just like, eh. some some of the stuff I didn't think was. I thought it was over the top, but anyways, it's good. Okay, I didn't dislike it. I'll, I'll never watch it again. No, as you like when I say, I'll never. I, I'll think about it sometimes, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I've thought about it. It's got a good title. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. It's it's very memorable. Unlike another yeah. movie I'll be talking about. Continue. So, uh, you know how this movie does good elliptical storytelling? Yeah. You know what movie does bad elliptical storytelling because uh, it's unintentional? Uh, some movie called All Eyes on Me. All Eyes with a Z with on a Z. Me. Yeah, it's very uh, This is last year's Tupac Shakur biopic directed not, not by. Not to be confused with this year's. <laughs> Not to be confused with this year's or next year's Johnny Depp, Tupac Shakur detective film. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you heard about that one. I kind of have. I just, uh, what, a, what a sentence. All, you know what? You know what this story needs is uh, get that um, American crime story guy. Uh, forget all the shit that he's doing that sounds boring and no one cares about. Get him to do like Ryan Tupac. Murphy. Baby. Yeah, get him to do that story. That's way more interesting than yeah. fucking, what was it, Versace or whatever. I don't know. I've it's never supposed- watched it. It's supposed to be good. I don't I, care. I, uh, of course you don't, because that's about gay people, RJ. Whoa. Yeah, I, yeah. We all know. We all know. It's, you, you, you better you, edit that out. Oh, we we know RJ. Women, women and gay people. Not no thanks, says RJ. I just wish people could get their hands on that non-recorded content that you talk about. I wish it's all gonna come out one day, buddy. I'm gonna start recording these episodes too. And I'll put out the tangent uh, or like the side podcast to the Patreons and they'll see who the real monster is. Yep. Anyways. Anyways, all eyes on me. All eyes on me by uh, your favorite director, Benny Boom, who's the guy (laughs) who did like SWAT 5 or something like that. Okay. So this is a biopic on Tupac. And I think I've said a few times that uh, I really like Tupac. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, Jarrett, but in high school... I had a Tupac belt buckle. It was rhinestones, and it detached. It was a Zippo, so I would I would light my my cigarettes with it. Holy fuck! You shouldn't tell people that. Continue. Whatever. I'm whatever. I don't care. I don't care. So, anyways, uh, I really like Tupac. I'm a big fan, and uh, I put this off for a long time because when it came out, I was like, uh, this isn't the movie I want. There, there already is a really good Tupac movie called Biggie and Tupac, and it's a documentary from 2002. Watch that. This movie, Jared, All Eyes on Me, is one of the biggest pieces of shit I have seen <laughs> all year. And I, like, I, I wish it wasn't because it's like I said, I'm a big fan. But holy fuck, is this movie bad? Um, the biggest thing, what I talked about, elliptical storytelling. Uh, this movie is all over the fucking place. Uh, like, it's either edited really poorly, or they had no idea of like how to tell a linear story. Like, it's the guy's actual fucking life, but it bounces all over the place, and scenes really abruptly lead into other scenes with like no. They don't transition at all. You. Like you just get dropped into and it's like one scene he's in this area and then the next scene he's in this different part of his life like at this totally different thing and you see like there's no context given and it's like this totally minute thing that happened to him and it's like yeah we're setting the stage like these are what made him and it's like what? Uh, so it's it's really fucking confusing to watch because it jumps all over the place and uh, after about 20 minutes it's not even confusing you just get like – I just got mad 
that it was happening so much. I was like, this is like really poorly put together filmmaking. Um, this thing feels like a made for TV, like star or what, what are those like bio bio movies that are made for TV? It feels like one. Yeah. Like a lifetime film, but like a bad one. Uh, all of the actors are really bad. Um, all of the ways they decide to like tell the story. Like I know a lot of this stuff, like what happened in his life. And it's like, it's like, man, you really went about that the wrong way. It's, it's like, just show what happened. You don't have to like show it in this weird way with these characters doing these weird things. How are Um, the wigs? Wigs? Yeah. I'm assuming there's wigs. Uh, most of these characters have shaved heads. Uh, uh, except when they're in like so early, like when he's younger in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, like he has a little hair and other people have hair. But uh, you can't tell. You can't tell this is a mo- uh, takes place in the 90s. There's no fucking like effort put into wardrobe and like design and things like that. There's no effort, Jarrett. Damn. This movie is just it's it was um it's made to cash in on the Tupac thing because I remember when they announced it, I think I talked about it on here because there's like this weird, uh, there's this weird legal issues with like um, who owns the rights to his life because like his mother owned some, but then she died last year, I think, and then there was like a free for all for this, and like that's why there's so many movies coming out about it now. It's it's something like that, but uh, uh, the, they don't even like. Uh, friend of the show, uh, Big Josh asked if it was worth watching for the music, and no, not like just get get the album, like get all eyes on me and uh, um, like the Machiavelli CD or get any of his CDs. Just listen to that one day; it, it'll be way better because the parts of his music they do show in this, uh, it's not enough. It's not what you really want to hear. Like you would you would imagine his music would be the score to this movie but it's not really you just hear like snippets of certain things and they're kind of edited weird where it's not sometimes it's actually Tupac's voice sometimes it's this guy it's like Demarius Ship Jr. or something like that the guy playing him sometimes it's him doing the the voice the voices and it he doesn't sound very good uh he kind of looks like Tupac but he looks like Tupac's has mumps like he has these really big cheeks and it's almost like it's almost like uncanny valley when you watch this you're like this guy kind of looks like Tupac but he also looks like really really far off something something about looking at him makes you want to like like smash his head in because it's like unreal yeah, it's it's just like it's not it's just like that looks like reboot from like the nineties. Like he looks really weird. Uh I have found Jarrett, uh no one thought it was possible, but I have found a piece of CGI worse than the Justice League Superman mustache. Uh there is a moment sometime in the back end of this where they uh show the um the album cover for All Eyes on Me. And it's uh they they use like half of it, but then they also CGI this actor's face over Tupac's face on the album. And it is like, it is like unsettling how weird this thing looks. It's bad. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff like that too. Like they have an actor play uh, Snoop Dogg and it is just like laughable how much this guy doesn't look like Snoop Dogg, <laughs> how much they're trying to make him sound like Snoop Dogg and the way they play him off in this. It's just like, that's not Snoop Dogg. Everyone knows Snoop Dogg. Dude's got like a football show on uh, Netflix. 
like everyone knows who Snoop Dogg is. So it, it, I don't know. This is one of the biggest pieces of shit I've seen all year. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think about that, buddy? I I don't give a fuck about Tupac, and so I don't care about this either. Well, you're a bad person. Because I don't care about this movie? Yeah, just because you don't care. Because you hate black people. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) There you go. You can use that as your uh, your sound bit for this episode or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Um, what do you want to hear about next? How how many mo- more movies should I talk about? Uh, you should tell me. You can just keep going. I, I've got one movie. I'm all, I'm you one... got one movie? Yep. God dang. Okay, I'll I'll do the bigger ones first. Um, okay. So hold on, I gotta move my cat for a second. Uh, I noticed. I, I can yeah, hear. She... I can hear you moving around the microphone as you shift around. I don't. I don't know what's going on. She's like really interested in the desk today. She isn't usually. Mm. Like look, here, she's gonna jump on the desk again. Like, come on, man. I, I know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, trying, she's trying to jump on the dresser or on this, like, little organizer thing we have. And if she jumps on it, there's going to be a huge clatter. A row full of clatter. Is that that Santa thing? Go on. Okay, anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start talking about Wind River. And uh, hopefully I don't get too interrupted here by, uh, by my cat. If it's too much, I'll put her outside. Anyways, so I watched Wind River, Jared, which is on Netflix now, and uh, is written and directed by your favorite new writer, Taylor Sheridan. Boo. Uh, so this is the guy who uh, wrote... Um, Sicario, Hell in High Water. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so apologies, world. She She's leaving. She's, she's pissed. So, anyway, so this is a guy who wrote Sicario, Hell or High Water. And uh, what else is this guy doing? He's, he wrote that. What? No one cares. Okay, anyways. So, this is, the <laughs> I think, the first movie he directed. Um, I'll just lay it on you real quick. Uh, this movie takes place in Wyoming uh, in a small town next to uh, a native reservation. And Jeremy Renner lives in the town, and he has Ooh. strong ties to the indigenous folk. He used to be married to one, and uh, he lives there as a hunter-tracker. Um, and uh, one day, he's out tracking like a cougar or something, and he finds uh, the frozen dead body of an indigenous woman. So they call it in, and the F, because it looks a little suspicious, it doesn't look like she she was like kilometers away from anything and it looks like her body was just like kind of dumped there so they're like hey this is suspicious so they call it in and the fbi sends in the closest agent who is uh elizabeth olsen uh she goes in to see if it's actually a murder or not uh she thinks she sees it and she says yes this is a murder uh but the fbi because of the way she died she froze to death even so the cause of death is like from natural elements, I guess. Mm. I don't know what you would call it. So it's not class the obituary or what is it? The autopsy isn't classified as a murder, mm. Mm. even though it was clearly one, which sounds like a, some some I don't know. And we all some law enforcement and, bullshit. And, and, and we all know how the American government feels about First Nations people. Oh, there, uh, there is a bumper at the end of this movie about uh, the missing indigenous women uh, and how there is no accurate number on how many of them are gone. 
so there is a message to this movie, Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's in there. She knows it's a murder, even though uh, she can't get like a full FBI team now because it's not classified as a murder, um, which I feel like if she if she like just explained it, she she could. But anyways, I'm looking too much into it. So her and Jeremy Renner go on uh, vigilante justice. Uh, they're knocking on uh, indigenous meth heads doors they're tracking and they get to the root of the problem. So that's what Wind River is about. Yeah. Uh, it is stated that is it was inspired by true events, which I'm guessing is probably true in some capacity. Um, this movie is it's good. Uh, I didn't like it as much as Hell or High Water. Uh, I think you would like it more than Hell or High Water because it's a little bit more plain. Like, it's more of just a straight story, whereas Hell or High Water is a little bit, like, like, I I don't know, like, all the bank robbery stuff, it's like, we're robbing banks to save the farm. (laughs) Like, I know that's a little bit uh, much, almost. So, it's not... It's not like that. It's a little bit more on the level, I think. So I think you would like it a little bit more. Uh, I think this guy, Taylor Sheridan, uh, is equal parts really good writer, equal parts really bad writer. Uh, I think he more or less handles like um, like what living like out in as like farmers and like that type of people and indian reservations and stuff like that he seems pretty good at that like i don't know if he's from wyoming or something but it seems the parts where he's talking about that stuff seems genuine in this one i remember in hell or high water it didn't uh so i don't know maybe he got better at it um but he also i think he does a lot of lazy writing where like they're talking to the character and it's like they're like trying to find the girl's boyfriend and it's like do you know who she was dating and the guy's like why did you say was why did you say was and like freaks out and i was like oh that's uh. it's very writerly it's very writerly and then like later on there's a scene where there's um this guy who's like it's basically it's basically like they find this bad guy and uh, they're like, we're going to like sh- teach you a lesson, dude. And uh, this guy's like pleading with them. And it just seems like the most forced, like, what would a really desperate man sound like? But he comes off like really dumb. And I don't know. I thought that was kind of bad. So I think it's good. I liked I enjoyed watching it. But uh, at the same time, I think there's a few problems there where this is another guy uh, that it seems that everyone is just is like this guy is the fucking the best fucking thing we've gotten in years he he writes adult screenplays for adults and everything he does is like so deep man um i don't think that but uh i i you know what i think i i like the idea of this guy's movies more than i actually like them but uh, it seems like everyone else is just like all about this guy for some Uh, reason yeah so i mean i've given these movies a shot because you know They've they've all been they've always crept up on best of lists and like you see like the word of mouth being so strong from a lot of reputable critics etc and so yeah. I'm like yeah you know I have zero interest in watching this movie but I'll give it a try and then I watch them and then I just go I don't really care about this type of story 
Like, yeah. and then I watch Hell and High Water. I'm like, oh, maybe this is more like it. I'm like, oh, this movie doesn't like show me or do anything different. Like, it's just yeah. there. So, Wind River. I mean, I put it on my watch list on Netflix, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I there's so many things I'd rather watch instead. And like, I don't know. I there's nothing. I don't think he's gonna get that much better of a writer that he's gonna like, win me over. I'm just like, I'm just gonna be miserable watching it. So mm-hmm. I won't disappoint people who like are into it and be like complainy pants about this thing. So. I don't know. I'm just gonna leave it at that. That's how I feel about Taylor and his movie, mm-hmm. his 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 type of movies, because they seem to make people happy or whatever, yep. and people get enjoy it. But for me, eh. <laughs> well, it's like I said. I think you would like this one more than the other one, right? So take that as it is. But but I don't. It's also got Jeremy Renner, who I like. Yes, I think does. he's like super blows. Uh, I've liked one thing of with him in it and that was mm-hmm. the uh Dahmer uh t- like little like straight to video movie he did which yeah. I thought was like actually fairly good uh, it's not like it's probably bad but I remember when I watched it like like on YouTube years ago I was like that was like quite well done um but yeah uh, other than that like Hawkeye it's like ugh in those Mission Impossible movies ugh and he was supposed to originally Kurt be Walker. in I think and he was supposed to be in the uh the master uh at one point and he was supposed to be uh the lead in that but then he he found the way with tom cruise and nice yeah he became a a star so Mm -hmm. we all know how that goes anyway yeah no i don't know it's it's fine uh i i I guess i get why people like him so much like there are parts of him that i really do enjoy like i think he gets certain elements done well but are you gonna watch his uh show that he made with kevin costner yellowstone about cowboys and oh. Indians. Oh. Stop it. No? Stop it. Okay. All right. Whatever. Uh, do you want to hear about another movie that uh, um, people are super fucking hot on? Uh, that was that. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, so I watched this movie called Veronica mm-hmm. that's on Netflix. Oh, a, sp- pa- a spooky movie. Yeah, a spooky uh, by Paco Plaza, uh, famed Spanish director. Uh, wreck yeah yeah so he i was trying to think of where he's from he's from spain right? yes yeah yeah or is he from south uh, wherever this guy's from yeah okay Appreciate uh it. yeah uh so the guy who did wreck so i had no idea that this was a movie that existed until about two weeks ago when like every single person on my letterbox watched this fucking thing and the hype machine was full force on this thing man everyone's like this is the scariest movie in years this is the scariest movie since Blair Witch Project. Like a- anything you hmm. could, your your favorite thing. What, what did Steven Soderbergh think? Uh, this is he said this is the uh, best piece of cinema he's seen in a generation. And it kept him up at night. And it kept him up at night. Him and a uh, old Stevie King, they can't sleep after this. The whole thing, Steve. Yeah. So something there's something to that, I guess. No. Uh, so I had no idea what this was, but hey, it's on Netflix. And uh, I was just a big piece of shit that was sick on Saturday, and I didn't want to leave bed. So I was like, I'm not going to try to find something else to watch. I'll just watch what's next in my watch list. So I watched Veronica. This movie is about uh, teens in the 90s in Madrid. Uh, it's You get a teen girl 
who lives in uh, an apartment with her three younger siblings that she takes care of because her mom is working all the time. Uh, And one day in school, there is an eclipse. Uh, She goes to a Catholic school. Uh, There's an eclipse in the school and her and some of her chud friends go uh, into the cellar and do a Ouija board uh, because she's trying to communicate with her dead dad. And she calls something across and then she is now not possessed, but stalked by a spirit. You get an explanation. It style? mm, More poltergeisty style. She's haunted. She's haunted, yeah. Uh, you get an explanation from a blind nun uh, because that's what happens. Uh, and so, like, she's at her house now and there's all sorts of spooky things follow. Um, so I didn't think this movie was very good. Uh, it's okay, but with all that hype stuff and all that, I watched it and I was like, yeah, I don't know what everyone else is talking about. Uh, there's nothing new in this. There's not really anything original or scary in any way. It is exactly what you imagine it would be. Uh, They call a spirit through a Ouija board, and then it's like, ooh, now there's spirits in the mirrors, and ooh, now look, the kids behind the door, the kids in the bathroom, and the door slams, and they can't get to it. And ooh, man, look, now uh, uh, this spirit is following this person. So, I don't know. It's it's not very good, man. There's not really anything worth. Uh, recommending in it there's it's ex- if i said if i asked you to explain what a haunted ouija board movie would be in like five minutes uh, i'm sure you would nail every part of this movie right i guess the only thing like i didn't even realize this until the very end when there's like uh text over the screen apparently this is like a real unsolved mystery from madrid and that's why people are so fucking big on this thing is because it was like oh yeah like this is how they found the apartment isn't that scary oh my god so uh veronica is not very good man i uh i don't really recommend anyone watch it um yeah i kind of i noticed that there was that bit of that hype train about this around it um, I just I don't I don't know. Like I said, I've been really watching movies. There was a chance I might have watched this, but it's like all these Netflix movies that are coming yeah. along. It seems like they haven't like really nailed Done it. Anything. Yeah, they haven't really made like anything really really good. It's always been okay, okay movies, but mm-hmm. or, or or so. Yeah, I I probably now that you you've seen it, uh, it, it, I, it, 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 yeah. didn't, it didn't interest me in the first place too much. It didn't wasn't bringing me in. Even the new one that you were going to try yeah. to see that a quiet place movie um i see like the usual suspects uh who like every horror movie they're like yeah it was really good but then i see like other people like let's just like basic complaints of like how the concept doesn't make any sense or it's just like it's just like it's a like don't breathe where it's like very like Mm -hmm. uh, carnival ride-ish um well what it reminds me of even more and i think they scooped them is that bird box that book that uh, is like praised all the fucking time on the internet is the scariest book you'll ever read. And like, because that's going to be a movie with Sandra Bullock in a year or two. But uh, I think they scooped him on that because Bird Box is about like interdimensional aliens that when you look at them, you go crazy. So everyone is like wears blindfolds in this world. And so you, you just walk around blind because if you look at like the interdimensional being, you go crazy. Um, I think I said oh. too. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, apparently uh, if you believe Reddit, uh, that and uh, is one of the top four scariest books ever written. Hmm. It's not. 
It's not. It's really poorly written. The guy's really bad at writing because he's like a front man for a, a band that is clearly shitty and will never do anything. And he wrote this book one time. That sounds good, hey? That's what A Quiet Place reminds me of, but I do I do want to see it. I was going to see it last night, and I wanted to see it for the show, but uh, I was going to go with my buddy Hammy, and uh, he got really drunk, and we couldn't <laughs> go to the movie. Oh, uh, derailed which, by drink. I, which I'm not I'm not mad at him for it. it. It was his day off. You know, I drink on my days off too, so you know, we, uh, we hung out and we watched movie trailers instead, and that was fun. Cool. Like Yellowstone. The new Taylor Sheridan show with Kevin Costner. Lovely. Nice. Uh, do you want to hear about Watchmen or uh, do you want to take over? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, nice. RJ, I had I watched like Mona Lisa all week. Uh-huh. And then I squeezed one movie in before recording tonight. Uh-huh. What'd you watch? I watched a movie also directed by Lynn Ramsey. Hmm. And that little movie is You Were Never Really Here, starring that Joaquin Phoenix. Hey, Jer. Yes. I, is that movie out yet? How did you watch this movie? I watched it. <laughs> Understood. It's, it's oh, out. It's, it's, it's out. available on video on demand, you yeah, say. Yeah, it's out. It's out. It's available. Anyone can watch it. It's Amazon Studios. Um, right. Oh, you used my Amazon Prime account to watch right. it. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, exactly. Okay, right. remember, remember? And uh, yeah. anyway, so uh, a friend of mine uh, was praising mm-hmm. this uh, to all heights, saying it just like, they, they, I guess I hadn't seen a trailer or anything for it. I'd seen the Moody poster. I've seen Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix walking around in New York City looking all grisly. And then I seen yeah. mentions of like Taxi Driver and people just uh-huh. being like, oh, man, it's a gritty character study. Oh man, I can't believe it! And I was just like, "Hmm, cool." But then I saw like one uh, one critic uh, who have brought up before, Mike D'Angelo. He really like, took a strip out of this, being like completely unimpressed by it, saying like how mm. there's people he knows that like they talk about how they don't like Taxi Driver, but he thinks yeah. that like they're talking about this movie, <laughs> like the other oh, okay. the, the way they talk about it, this movie just came out, obviously. So, uh, but he's like when they're when they their complaints about that are like more relevant here. So I was kind of like, hmm. Sometimes he says stuff about movies that like influence the way I watch them, and I'm like, he's not mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, other times I'm like, that guy's a fucking idiot, and it's like he's your he friend. No, 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 no. Uh, this oh, one, okay. the, the, the the film critic Mike D'Angelo. I can say that a lot of people. Have, oh, okay. he, he has some odd opinions, but right. he he says things that are, are that articulate things really really well. But sometimes it's mm-hmm. like, come on. I think talking about like how the the effects in the thing are laughable, and I'm like. Come on. No. No. Nobody thinks no, that. Nobody thinks that. Um, but he also thinks Memento is like one of the greatest movies ever made. So Nice. Yeah. Anyway, so I watched this today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a Johnny Greenwood score, which a Ooh. lot of people like are really high on. It was mm-hmm. fine. It was It was just like a... A score? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah just, okay. a con- it's just a contemporary uh, like movie score. Like... I don't know. I, I didn't, it didn't like make me get sucked into it. I was also watching this in my living room where like right now we're at that time of year where the light just scorches through the room and like nice. it's kind of hard to see. And this movie's like blackness mm-hmm. a lot of the time because a lot of it's set in dark. But I was able to follow it along because it's really simple. Uh, did you ever see the movie Spartan? Uh, oh, the Val Kilmer one? Yeah. Uh, my buddy Hammy is like really fucking into that movie. He loves that. Oh, no, wait. 
You were really into that yeah, movie. Uh, yeah, I'm really. You meant me that. Yeah, movie. I probably did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I'm getting you and meat confused. Oh my goodness! And I wasn't even that drunk. Um, yeah. So it's very like it's man. This movie's manfic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like taken, but it's done mm. in a. Hmm, art house is a dumb way of saying it, but it mm. feels like an A24 movie. It feels like like a, something that people are into right now it's kind of like it's got a, it's, 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 it's got a gentle hand it's, it's not yeah. just like it's not meat and potatoes filmmaking where it's just like mm-hmm. uh like an actioner from like 30 years ago it's kind of like oh this is how movies are made now so it kind of feels like that um it doesn't feel like a lynn ramsey movie because i kind of didn't even realize it was her for like mm-hmm. i had read that at one point and totally forgot and by the time i got to the end of this movie i went oh that's funny rj just watched mm-hmm. we need to talk about kevin and then I, I noticed that uh big josh just watched a, a bunch of lynn ramsey movies as well mm-hmm. um and he'd seen this earlier but uh so yeah joaquin phoenix he's a vet uh he's vietnam or not a vietnam vet but he's some, like a vet of a recent war afghanistan yeah. iraq something like that and uh he lives with his mom who's like kind of in nice. that like not dementia stage, but kind of senile. And he looks after her. Um, but he also mm-hmm. does side hustles uh, where he's like going abroad, finding mm-hmm. finding kids and murdering people and doing great violence to them because they're bad people. So he's a sure. good he's a good dude who just good has good bad no, guy. Good good bad yeah or bad good guy. Good bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> something. Anyway, yeah. so that's that's what he does. So in this in this late, so we, the very beginning of the movie, we get these like glimpses. It's elliptical storytelling. Oh <laughs> and, no! So, but it, but it's all pretty well like d- told and contemporary. But he's kind of having these flashes. It's not like it's not super heavy handed like PTSD stuff. But he kind of has these like flashes of like things that he sees or things that are hanging over his head. Um, mm-hmm. And he, his his weapon of choice when dispatching with bad people is store bought uh ball peen hammers because okay. hammers are cool that's that's kind of what i think like i was like that uh, drive uh, old boy as well uh yeah. i think old boy kicked off the hammer phase uh so right. it's it's a it's a uh, aff- uh affectation from like, from like hong kong uh asian cinema where like guns aren't readily available but like tools are and it's like oh sure. I'll, I'll use this fucking hammer to mess people up uh mm-hmm. so yeah he gets sent on a job to like retrieve this guy's daughter and this movie's got kind of like a vague plot and like you don't really like the mm-hmm. specifics aren't necessary but anyway so this movie's like i don't know it, it dawned on me kind of like who kind of like was this was this remind me of and it's kind of like a this is like a lead child type of thing right like but he's like yeah. he's but he's way scummier and like he's all fucking bloated and bearded it's not like watching triple h be like Mm -hmm. a a badass uh doing the lead child thing what's that character's name jack reacher Reacher? yeah but like you know what's okay you keep going i'll I'll tell you okay so he just like messes people up and he and he goes to like essentially it it turns into pizzagate (laughs) if you do you remember pizzagate uh, the whole thing about like Hillary Clinton's running a like fucking child slavery out of a pizzeria in Washington. Do you remember that? That like <laughs> no, re- that sounds funny though. Oh, it's ridiculous. So, but it's scary because there's like legit like right wing lunatics who think that it's real and they actually showed up one time. One dude did. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. fucked. So this is the sort of thing that I was like aware of watching this movie. I'm like, hmm, this movie's got like it's like what if Pizzagate was real and there was senators fucking underage girls that were being kidnapped, and that it's. 
that where he's like, I'm going to go fuck those people up. So we get that scene. Nice. And instead of like kind of like this big, like kind of old boy, like hallway battle scene, it's all told through surveillance cameras. Um, is and, it, does it look good or is it bad? Uh, no, it's like well positioned, but it kind of like you could argue it's good or bad. Like, like not, it's not bad for sure. It's just yeah. kind of done in this like way where it's like, Oh, it's not the usual way it is, but also it's kind of like, sh- mm, brings attention to itself. Right. And yeah, it's just like you get to him just murdering people with this ball peen hammer in this offhand way. It's not like a ton of people. It's like a few. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and he saves this, she saves the girl and, uh, they're like supposed to go. Is meet- that a spoiler? Mm, maybe. I don't know. Fucking animal. And then and then, sh- and then shit gets and then then it all turns and it kind of reminds me of Spartan in a way and mm-hmm. uh, it the movie goes by real quick mm-hmm. um, and I don't know why anyone would get super excited about this movie mm-hmm. um, it's just like oh it's like a well done version of a Taken movie but like. Right. So, so what? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I, it's all yeah, there. I understand. So there's like some flourishes to it. Um, people are really into that score, which I think elevates mm-hmm. it maybe for some. Uh, there's some real, mm, there's one bit that's pretty lame with some like music in there with characters mm-hmm. singing while one character's dying and you're kind of like, okay, all right. Is it like Reservoir Dogs style? Uh, a little bit because it, it does involve yeah. a man who's been gut shot. But uh, anyway, that's like a minor little thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. This movie's not bad. The ending's got, it's got a pretty nice, solid kind of ending. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's just kind of an okay movie. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess like I, the way that this was being built up for me is like, I was expecting some sort of like green room type of like wickedness. Um, that sort of like strain of, um, movie, mm-hmm. like it's kind of like, uh, Blue Ruin too kind of had that vibe. And this movie, like, I don't mm-hmm. even think is as good as Blue Ruin. Because mm-hmm. I just thought Blue Ruin was okay as well. Like, I thought it was, like, decent. It had some really great violence that I mm-hmm. got far more into. It felt a little bit more savage. Whereas this, it didn't really make me go, oh, yeah, I want to go commit some violence too. Like, it didn't it didn't get my heart pumping. This movie was just kind of like, oh, that guy got shot. Cool. Are you saying you it didn't get your heart pumping? Yeah, it didn't get my heart. It didn't get me going. Mm. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, and that's kind of the thing I want from these like savage manfic movies. So this movie, like, I guess is like deflating that, but at the same time, it's like it doesn't really go deeper than that. The female character, the Jodie Foster, basically, um, she's just mm-hmm. kind of there. She doesn't have like a personality. She's no Jodie Foster. Um, there's no like. Oh, I thought I thought you were being serious. I was like, oh, Jodie Foster's in this. Well, in Taxi Driver, right? That's what I'm. Oh, yeah. See, deep cuts. You gotta know. You gotta know more about movies, RJ, if you want to keep up. No, I knew that. I thought there was. <laughs> this movie sounds like a movie that a jo- like actually Jodie Foster would be in. So. That's why uh, I was confused. Yeah. No. 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 No real Jodie Foster in it. Just like a, a young girl. Fake Jodie Foster. Um. So anyway, hey. You, so you remember when you brought up Lee Child and Jack Reacher? Yeah. Uh. One time I was out with some guys and they were talking about this movie and like they were like, yeah, the trailer just came out for this and they were describing it and they made it sound like what the movie was was like this old vet guy who like just kind of stumbles across like sees a girl getting kidnapped and then like gets involved, right. which maybe that's the trailer I or something. It, I bet it is probably the trailer. That. Yeah. But I was like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a uh, book two in the Jack Reacher series. <laughs> I think it's called die trying or something. Yeah. Cause that exact book, Jack Reacher's like walking down the street and he sees this girl get kidnapped 
and he like doesn't really want to help her but like then they see him and he's just like oh man and then he like goes has to go and help her so i was like is this just jack reacher this movie <laughs> yeah and it's not like it's funny that you brought that up because i don't think i even i ever told you that story so no you hadn't there must be something to it yeah um so yeah i don't know i, I guess I, I kept thinking too of so there's this like kind of strain of very violent or movies with like these big moments of violence. And if you want to yeah. put movies on that on that scale, you got to think about Z. Craig Zoller, uh, oh, the man who the, the man who brought his yeah. bone tomahawk in, in, in Brawl uh, in Cell Block. Yeah, S. Craig Zoller. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so. I, this movie's better shot because, like, my complaint with his yeah. movies are they're like they look like kind of crap. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the same. Like, I, I found those movies like far more like I, they drew, drew me in a lot more uh, than this did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that says about me as as a viewer, but uh, it's the taste, it, baby. It, it's just this mesh of like kind of like this Frank Miller and uh, Lee Child man movies, which mm-hmm. like. I don't know. It, you got to do it just right. And this feels like a better made version of it. That's closer to what I'd want to see. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like, yeah. And then like on the one, on the flip side, you have like John Wick, which is like the uh, other end of the spectrum of super showy kind of exactly what you expect of this sort of thing. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I managed to get that in. So I watched, I watched one other movie this week because, uh, yeah, I've just been trying to catch up on reading comics and like you fucking that nerd. sort of stuff. I know. You such a nerd. We can't even talk about comics on this show. I know. It's no, been outlawed. Who cares? Who cares? Good point. Yeah, buddy. Anyways, so that's it for my creeping. Um, nice. Hey, got any news, RJ? Uh, allegedly, AMC is gonna make uh, an adaptation of Joe Hill's book Nosferatu. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll. I will say I'll believe it when I see it mm-hmm. because uh, Lock and Key has, I think, is now in its second pilot from its second production company right. getting toured around, and it sounds like it's getting turned down by oh. most. Uh, like, I think they made it for Hulu or something, and they passed. That's too bad. So the, the hard, place. How hard is it to get, nail it, I, man? I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's all there. He did all the fucking heavy lifting. Just literally make it a fucking TV show. You don't have to do that much. Oh, man. It's all there. That's unfortunate. And then, yeah, then the heart-shaped box is just doomed. Oh, yeah. It sounds like that thing uh, was on the black list or whatever that thing is called for, like, the last 15 years. So Right. I don't know. I think you remember I I wasn't super hot on Nosferatu anyways. So, Mm. I don't know. Maybe it'll make a cool AMC show. Yeah. Uh, My news is that uh, that Infinity War movie... Uh, oh God. apparently it's pre-sale tickets, uh, or t- ticket pre-sales, uh, is as much or higher than the last seven Marvel movie pre-sales combined. Yeah. Is so it- <laughs> no. So like, remember like Black Panther, like, a couple, yeah. like before Black Panther came out, the, the big announcement from that one theater chain was that it had the highest pre-sales of any movie ever. Yeah. And now Infinity War has pre-sales higher than the last seven, seven movies times. combined. Well, what do you think? Do you think that's like bullshit? 
because I was thinking about well, it, just saying it out loud. I'm like, that seems really calculated because I bet you they saw a huge uptick of like people going to the movie after they said that. And I wonder if they're trying to replicate it again because Black Panther has now made more money than Titanic. Um, mm-hmm. And that's crazy. And I wonder, I'm like, are they just trying to do it again? They're just going to say that. And like, they've chosen these yeah. ridiculous numbers and maybe, oh, fuck, maybe it's real too. And like, I don't know. I, I've my prediction is that Infinity War is going to be incomprehensible garbage. I think I I, I don't think nice. there's any way you can like do this movie with like forty characters 40 and do characters. it and do a good job of it. Um, yeah. I, I think this might be like the the peak of the mountain and it's all downhill from here. Uh, I'd like yep. to I'd like to think that we're finally there and this movie is going to be the the, the clusterfuck uh, mm-hmm. that I've been waiting for and it'll finally like cool off on this superhero movie shit. Um, that has just dominated since 2008. Um, and then some yeah. other like fuck off garbage will come along. Um, and that, but I won't be asked like at the comic book mm-hmm. store that I work at, Hey, have you seen blink, blink, blink yet? And I go, no, I haven't yet because mm-hmm. I don't think of those as really movies. They're just like yeah. product, but Hey, well, I agree with you. Uh, I do think it'll probably be bad, but at the same time, I, it, it won't change anything. nothing's gonna nothing's gonna derail this thing man but anyway so that seven times uh you know what's so so they all the last a bunch of these they've said that the pre-sales is like this and that so if black panther was like the best pre-sale ever uh it would imagine it would lead me to believe that like say black panther's best pre-sale was like the entire weekend it was sold out sure on pre-sale which is so it wouldn't be though but yeah so like seven times that. Not, not, no, not seven not times. Seven, yeah, it's, it's the, all the last seven, seven combined. combined. Yes. So like, what is what are they saying the pre-sales are like sold out for for like two weeks? Uh, seems I, a little I, suspicious. For that, maybe who knows for that theater chain? I mean, like, who knows how many theaters this thing is? Like, they're pushing this movie hard, and like, this could be yeah. part of the strategy. But I mean, because they can't like put the angle of like, hey, you guys should buy tickets for inner city kids. Like, they can't they can't pull that same mm-hmm. uh, card. Yes, here. they can. That they 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 won't it won't it won't work it wouldn't work if they tried it and so they're not going to sure. do it but this could work this could add to like the buzz by saying these things mm-hmm. um, it's all just it's it's all marketing and uh, I, I applaud them for trying but at the same time I'm like mm, I don't why are I, we reporting on this <laughs> I think you missed the uh, the machine. other the other marketing ploy they used today what they there was an announcement on the official rating of Infinity War. And it's PG thirteen. This is a big deal, brother. Is that that's some ooh man? Mm-hmm. Ooh man. I don't, I don't so, know. I have so no I, idea I, what well, that everyone, means. you. It sounds dumb, but fucking people are tweeting about it all day. It's like, oh, this means characters are going to die in this movie. I, I just watched a movie where like men were being hammered to death. <laughs> like, is it's that like, PG thirteen? No. It's like who cares? Like. Yeah, like, I just you can just watch these movies online. Like well, an eight year old could watch that movie without any difficulties. Well, we'll we'll probably not see it right away if it's sold out for two weeks. But uh, our uh, friend of the show, Oliver Granger, he's currently doing a, a oh, mad yes. rerun through this series. So mm-hmm. we'll we look forward to him explaining to us what he, kind of hot yeah, garbage yeah, this he, might yeah, be. Yeah, he's he's all almost caught up. He's he's motoring through. Yeah, but I didn't see Blade in any of his, in wow. his list at all. So it doesn't count, man. Doesn't count. Said who? Uh, until, it's never I'm, been. It's never I'm, been taken out of canon. I mean, I, I would love to see Wes, Wesley Snipes just show up in Infinity War. 
and 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 blade and make a blade <laughs> as blade as as a blade and just saying a blade thing. You know, it's one bit, and it, people would just like pop huge. That would be immense. But yeah. Anyways, so that's why they yeah. won't let us make the movies because they'll make too much money. Yeah, it's like it would be like it's the easiest thing to do. Yeah, but I guess they don't want a uh, ex-con in their movie. Maybe <gasps> there he is talking about that certain kind of people again. Hey man, it's fucking DMX just got sent to jail for tax evasion bullshit. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the system down there. If you're black and like a celebrity, off the jail you go. It's ridiculous. You can send your opinions to jarrettduncan at gmail.com. Uh, let him know why you don't like that he hates the black RJ, community. why haven't you seen Black Panther yet? Because uh, I watch the Marvel movies when they come to Netflix. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the break, uh, we're going to watch a movie um, starring Mario Mario and Alfred. And porn woman? And porn woman. And it's English. After the break. (laughs) Don't don't rub your face again. Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, men have named you. You're so like the lady with the mystic smile. Is it only cause you're lonely that I blamed you For that Mona Lisa strangeness in your smile Do you smile to tempt a lover, Mona Lisa? Or is this your way to hide a broken heart? Many dreams have been brought to your doorstep. They just lie there and they die there. Are you warm? Are you real? Mona Lisa, men have named you. Your soul like the lady with the mystic smile. She is mysterious. Unattainable. He is decent. Ordinary. The business is different, but the rules are still the same. Dependent upon each other. Go look at our best. You should notice these things. The little things. They are different. In every way. Did anybody ever teach you manners? Do you want to work for me? No! Now tell me I'm fired. All right, you're fired. Lovely. I'm fired and you're straight walking. A woman. It's lovely. And a man. Yeah. It's lovely. For something. They're so young. Things can happen out there. If you last a year and a half on that street, you're lucky. I was lucky. I'm going out. Looking for someone. I can't go down. But you could. You? What'd you do? Try! George! I'm trying to find you and cut your face. Try! What's you? You don't need anybody, do you? 
I do. Well, that's your mean, better. Tommy, dirty, nasty, slimy, kicking. She moved it. Bob Hoskins, Kathy Tyson, Michael Caine, Mona Lisa. Sometimes love is a strange and wicked game. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Mona Lisa from 1986, directed by Neil Jordan. The tagline for the film, Sometimes love is a strange and wicked game. And the synopsis from Letterboxd.com. George is a small-time crook just out of prison who discovers his tough guy image is out of date. Reduced to working as a minder driver for high-class girl Simone, he has to agree when she asks him to find a young colleague from her King's Cross days. That's when George's troubles just start. Oh, boy. Oh, man. <clears throat> so uh, so this is a movie that I saw many years ago, uh, kind of back when I would look at the list. Uh, like So back in the day, Criterion Collection, DVDs, Ooh, they'd have little catalogs, little like, uh, do, uh, have you seen any of those catalogs in the DVDs that you bought by the time you started buying them? Mm, I almost exclusively have Blu-rays. Yeah, I have so like three DVDs. Back, so I don't know if they're in there. Back in the early days, before they had like over nine hundred uh, films in their collection, they actually have little mm-hmm. uh, insert catalogs in all the movies. And uh, I remember like looking over those, and like you'd wind up with a ton of them because everyone would have it. You would take those mm-hmm. out, and like I remember like highlighting movies that I'm like, I own these ones, and then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch these ones. Like, and I would just be like, whatever. I don't care if I actually watch the Criterion DVD of it. I can just go to the video mm-hmm. store back when video stores were still around and I could just rent these movies for like 99 cents and uh, this is one of those movies I was like Neil Jordan oh he's that guy who directed The Crying Game that movie like I really like so I was like yeah I'll watch that Mona Lisa look at this all-star cast Bob Hoskins Michael Caine um, Robbie Coltrane and um, so anyway uh, I'd seen this mm-hmm. long, long ago, and at the time when I watched this movie, I thought it was just awesome. I'm like, oh, this movie's like so cool. Um, it was like kind of like also when, like this would have been like the early 2000s, so like Guy Ritchie was really like in to be in, and so like you'd be like, you got to watch Long Good Friday. It's got Bob Hoskins in it. You got to watch all these uh, British yeah. gangster movies, and this is one of those movies. It's like kind of later in the British cycle from the 70s because obviously it's 1986 but uh yeah it's just one of those movies it's like kind of grimy it's got kind of, it has a very different f- 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 feel from like uh i mean when i was watching this movie it was like totally different than a lot of things and it was also the first mm-hmm. time i'd probably seen a movie kind of like this um but yeah so i hadn't seen this since watching it back in the day but i remember kind of thinking highly of it but i hadn't really ever like thought about watching it again because because I mean, I'm always watching new movies and such. So uh, this was a revisit for me. Um, I had the Anchor Bay DVD of this still. And uh, so watched that. And uh, yeah, um, some notes about this movie in general. Uh, I don't like, I don't think super highly of this movie as I did. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still like found it super easy to watch and found Mm -hmm. it a very enjoyable watch. Um, 
Bob Hoskins, like, I didn't really remember too much of this movie either. Like, I kind of was like, oh, Michael Caine is in this movie. I don't really remember what he does. But as it goes on, I'm like, oh, he's the guy he's looking for. And he's, like, mm-hmm. not able to find him. And I remember, like, the broad strokes of, like, Bob Hoskins kind of, like, falling for this like, this sex worker that, mm-hmm. like, he's kind of driving for. But I didn't know specifics. And then there's the whole thing of her, like, wanting to go back to King's Cross, which is just this street where all the prostitutes uh, work. The meat rack, the he meat, calls it, the at meat one rack. point. And yeah. I was kind of like, oh, there's something to that, too. And I can't remember why she's going yeah. back there and stuff like that. So anyway. Um, but yeah, no, like, it's this movie is like kind of a break, I think, from the types of mm-hmm. movies that we've been watching, which have kind of run the gamut of like, oh, what have we been watching? French surrealism to like Ameri- uh-huh. Amer- American screwball comedy, um, which are like, which is like super easy to watch. Uh, Igmar Bergman, mm-hmm. intense family dramas to like double suicide Japanese, like <laughs> a tour. Are you aware of that? You're watching a movie and a play type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, to last week's movie, uh, like mm-hmm. right. And before that Spartacus, like, which is like yeah. very like Hollywood. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, so this was like, very like this felt like a contemporary movie in comparison to everything else. So it's like, yeah, this movie's like super easy to watch. And so w- with a movie like this, it kind of comes down to like, what's the story? What, how is the story play? Is this an interesting mm-hmm. story? What are the characters like? And stuff like that. Um, this movie's lucky that it's got Bob Hoskins because Bob Hoskins mm-hmm. is just like this lovable little man. Who's he's mm-hmm. like this big, br- he's this brutish. Um, and like, I don't know. He just says things and it's, pretty funny like there's something he's got this charm i mean he's he's eddie right mm-hmm. <laughs> uh from who's framed roger rabbit roger rabbit yeah. one of the best so, movies so, ever made and the movie came out what two years after this is 88 mm-hmm. yeah so it's that era bob hoskins is riding high uh he's he's on the mm-hmm. he's on the rise mm-hmm. um and then michael kane is kind of in his like kind of that weird lull in his career where it's like he's yeah. it's between like kind of get carter and like icarus chris files and stuff like that where he's like uh like british star to now he's kind of like mm, he's in jaws four he's taking paychecks he's like donald pleasance uh he's just he'll be in anything if you pay him well enough and this is you know this is before mm-hmm. christopher nolan's like come come with me mr kane let, let me find you respect again <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, so, and yeah, and it's got all uh, Robbie Coltrane um, as uh, a mechanic friend, a pal. Um, uh, I would, I, uh, I would say what, an eccentric artist. Yeah. Well, what is he exactly? Um, I don't know. We'll talk about that, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we got uh, a couple things. Uh, it's a handmade films, which means that it was produced by George Harrison of the Beatles. Mm. We've seen some handmade films before, like Time Bandits. Uh, we'll be seeing uh, another one very soon, um, in, a, in a few months, I guess. And uh, we also got uh, another uh, link back to another movie, Brazil. Uh, the music is done by Michael Kamen. Some of the Time Bandits had an appearance in this movie. Did you notice that? Like, uh Ooh. Like the the two leaders of the Time Bandits. Oh yes. Uh, during the chase scene, which oh, yeah. I was I was really confused because I they came out of nowhere and I was just like, holy shit! I was like, is this supposed to be like a play on Time Bandits? Like <laughs> they dropped into this time because I was I didn't know where they came from. I was like, what the fuck? Anyways, keep going. <laughs> mm. Um, 
as yeah. you take a drink of soda. That's a, a nice, delicious uh, yeah. can of Diet Dr. Pepper. Mmm. Mm. So good. Uh, <laughs> 23 flavors, baby. Yeah. So, yeah, this movie is, like, it's decent. It's good. Uh, enjoyable. Uh, it's punctuated with some great moments of violence, which mm-hmm. is always appreciated. Bob Hoskins really knows how to beat a man up. Yeah. Um, and, and he knows how to, like, take a, a whooping and no-sell it real nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this movie's solid, good. Like, it's not, like, it's not the type of story that I'm in love with at this point anymore. Mm-hmm. I've, like, I've seen so many more movies since I watched this when I thought it was, like, so amazing. Uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, watching Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie again, where I was kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. I feel like seen this type of thing now and going back to watch this when I was like, this is like the first time I ever experienced. It's kind of like, no, this movie's like a lot more typical than I thought it was Mm -hmm. and disappointing in ways that I didn't realize at the time. But uh, I still like, I like this movie. I think it's like, uh, Mm -hmm. like a very watchable, enjoyable movie, but uh, I don't know. RJ, what, what, what did you think of Mona Lisa? Was this the first time you've seen and heard of this movie? Well, first of all, I want to draw attention and take uh, take issue with the way that you say Mona Lisa. Uh, I don't really know why you're saying Mona Lisa. Uh, I don't think anyone says that. Um, frankly, I think you're a chud. Uh, yes, this was the first time for me. I had never seen this movie. Uh, I think, as you had mentioned, it fits in with the way uh, the Mon Good Friday kind of appeared in the collection for us, because at that time, that was also a movie that was like in between after a long run of very art house, slow, pretentious stuff, almost like like big, big cinema, I guess you could call it. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I think I can't remember what happened. I, 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 okay, continue. I'll, I'm going to find out because I'm like, yeah. what? I don't remember that specifically. I remember when Long Good Friday came out, uh, or when we watched it for the show, we were like, man, this was a nice, refreshing, like, just a movie. Just like a movie movie. So I thought I, I thought it was nice that you brought that up because I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So I'd never seen this before. I had no idea what it was about. But I knew that my boy Bob Hoskins was in it, and uh, I love Bob Hoskins. I think he's awesome. Uh, I think... <sighs> What are you laughing oh, at? Oh, uh, no. Oh, fuck, I had it, and it bounced up. Uh, I, I, I didn't notice that the movie that we that was right before uh, Long Good Friday was Alphaville. Oh, yeah. So there but, you go. Okay, oh, you know what? So, okay. This is before we get you, to your thing. Uh, yeah. It was We watched RoboCop, that arty, heady uh, piece of experimental cinema. High and mm-hmm. Low, uh, that really obtuse piece of filmmaking. Uh, Alpha, mm-hmm. Al- and then there was Alphaville. Long Good Friday, and then that was followed by uh, Flesh for Frankenstein and Blood for Dracula, and then after that, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Wow, what a uh, what a run of film! Mm-hmm. High all, cinema, and all those episodes are available uh, on SoundCloud and uh, just the reviews themselves on YouTube. Some of those are some of our best episodes ever, actually. Mm-hmm. The RoboCop and IMO. Anyways, so Mona Lisa. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I knew nothing about this at all, except that Michael Caine was a character named Mortwell. And I thought that was hilarious, uh, because obviously, um, so I turned this thing on and, uh, I think that this movie has just a terrific opening. 
I think the oh, opening wait, of this movie him, him is just walking. awesome. Him just walking and like this, it does a really good the what? Oh, sitting at the park bench. Sitting at the bench and it, yeah. it so the the first ten oh, and it's Alton, minutes of this old Nat movie King. are just awesome because uh, you're given no context or nothing like that, but you it lets the viewer kind of connect the dots in that it like it, they do a really good job in the storytelling. You see him walking and you see him have this weird burlap bag. Yep. And you're like, oh, yeah. So this guy got out of jail. He's kind of walking uh, somewhere in England, I, I suppose. And you see him come up to this house and there's this really good moment. That whole scene is really good where he sees his daughter and like he doesn't know what to say and she doesn't recognize him. And he tries to like give her flowers and then the mom comes out and they just start screaming at each other and slams the door. And then you see this moment of recognition in the daughter where she like realizes it's her dad. Right. And it's it's really good, man. Like uh, I was watching it and I was just like, holy shit. I was like, what do we have here? This is some fine fucking cinema, baby. Uh that whole scene, I think, is really good. And then Hagrid comes and picks him up, and they go for a drive. And he picks up this bunny, and he takes it to a bar. And I was like, I don't know what this movie is, but I, I, I'm really digging it. And it's, it's a little bit of a bummer to say that that's, that got lost in after the first half hour. I think the first half hour of this movie is terrific. So you have that opening, and then you have him starting as the driver. And you see him with the call girl. And it's like you were saying. He takes her down to the meat rack. And you don't really know why she's there. Like when I was watching it. I was kind of thinking. I was like oh I'm guessing she came from here. Right. And she has evolved past it. Like she's mm-hmm. a fancy call girl now. So I, I was kind of thinking that she was just driving there to see. Just to like see the people still. And I don't know like you, you could interpret that different ways like if maybe she was seeing it to stay grounded that she's big time now or just like not to forget or something like that. That's not what it ends up being. But anyways, that's what I thought at that time. So I think that stuff, the first half hour of this movie is great. And then I think the rest of the movie keeps going and I'm more or less uh, along the same lines as you. I, uh, I thought it was really good. Well, I thought the movie as a whole, I think is good. Uh, I think it goes by uh, it goes by really easy. It's easy to watch. You're interested and it's entertaining enough. But I think there are certain parts about it that bring it down a little bit. Um, I think it's like tonally it shifts a little bit where like sometimes it's playful. Sometimes it's violent, like you said, which aren't bad things to go in between them, mm-hmm. but there, there are certain times where I feel like it kind of, it comes, it doesn't fit with what's going, like what's actually happening. So, or what they've built so far. Right. So Bob Hoskins is like the most adorable cutie pie in this movie ever. He's so cute in this. Like he's really innocent and like just says really nice stuff. And he's like naive to what she's doing. Like he doesn't even realize she's a hooker for a while. And then he's like onto it and then he kind of likes her and he finds that she's in this porn movie and he like brings it up to her because he's like really sad about it and like not jealous. He's just 
he's just really sad and you're like holy shit this guy's cute and he says stuff about he's like you know if we were in love you know like in the in the songs and you're just like oh my god bob hoskins you're adorable (laughs) and he's really cute but then there's other moments where not like with other people like when he freaks out because you see that a little bit and it fits with his character but there's times like near the end where he really loses it on her that i thought were out of place I was I was confused a little bit. I was like, why? I was like, okay, I, I know that like he knows something's up, but he's being like really rough on her. And I don't think it totally fits with how his character's been so far. Like he's had outbursts and stuff like are, that. Are, but are you kind of talking about like when like the, the turn, block. when the the turn comes where he like finds out that, oh, it's not just a friend that she wants. It's like yeah. a lover that she's yeah, trying yeah. to find basically. And, yeah. and he's suddenly like, oh. And then the, the the homophobia slash rejection that you've basically used me and led me along. Yeah. I, th- I think there's that aspect to it that like mm-hmm. nowadays it's like, hmm, would that be like like that? I don't mm-hmm. know. It doesn't play great now. Yeah. Whereas I think at one point maybe it was more like I could see that. Whereas now it's kind of like eh, people probably wouldn't. Bob, we expect more from you, Bob Hoskins. Well, see, that's what I mean. Like I understood the rejection at like part of it that mm-hmm. he like felt betrayed almost. Mm-hmm. But what I mean is I felt like it was out of place with what they've established for the character so far. Yeah. Like he, he seemed like this naive, like really soft hearted, per- like a really good hearted person but had a short temper sometimes like when she pissed him off and he kicked her out of her car yeah. and like there, there were other like well, also, when, like, when the he's... pimp tries to talk to him and he like oh, fucking bashes his head yeah. in real good. So like you see those elements. So like it's established, yeah. but I thought it was, I thought it was out of place when he's really mean to her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause there's like times where it's like, uh, kind of like curb your enthusiasm ish where yeah, it's like, it where it's like basically yeah. watching the movies, like about Bob watching, uh, George react to like inconveniences and like, kind of like snot snobbery and snottery. He goes, what's all this about? And like, he just like, it's his reactions yeah. to things. And it's like, I don't go to joints like this. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he's just, he's such like an East Eastern Lon- East Londoner. Right. Like, so he's like, uh, mm-hmm. he's got that Cockney ish accent and stuff like that. Um, he's from yeah. the, this from squalor and so he's a he's a hard man and he's trying to make it and trying to soften up his image he's out of jail mm-hmm. he's trying to do good but he's like just a driver at the end of the day and uh so he's he's trying his best but yeah he gets, there's the there's the ugly turn when he starts getting punchy and uh yeah and slappy so i thought it i thought that was a little out of place but just since you brought it up the george thing so this movie actually reminded me of our Pygmalion episode mm. because in that I watched Pretty Woman because it's a Pygmalion film. Yeah, I was thinking about and that. And I was thinking about this and I was like, this is a this is what Pretty Woman should be. Right. I was like, this story between like a hooker and a guy. And I was like, that makes like the way it plays out. I was like, this makes wakes makes way more sense for the sex trade for like the woman to be the boss and to make the money and just to pay like the guy to drive around and be the tough guy. Yeah. But that's not the world we live in. Mm -hmm. That's not pretty woman. So anyways, this, this reminded me of pretty woman, which reminded me of Pygmalion, which is another episode you can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. That movie's awesome. But yeah, that movie's very good. Uh, so anyways, um, I thought tonally it was a little bit back and forth. Um, not, necessarily to a fault all the time but sometimes you're like hmm uh and then i also thought the score wasn't doing this movie any favors not that it's like stands out it's like oh man that's really bad i just thought it wasn't super 
fitting for the movie. Like there are certain times where there's stuff happening and the the score, like the music in the background, I, I felt like didn't fit with what was going on. I was like, this feels too light for mm, what's going on. Yeah, right yeah. Well, there's especially like when they're going clothes shopping and stuff like that. that. That's and, the one. And then yeah. there's like it's very pretty womanish. And I was like thinking like, oh, RJ already watched Pretty Woman. I wonder if he'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's honestly like that's why I was thinking of Pretty Woman yeah. so much. But mm, the that, music that, I thought didn't fit with the movie. Yeah, there's like some eighties niche uh, in that segment. It felt very like uh, like the it's not a meat like meat cute. I guess is sort of like what this movie kind of falls into. And then like it shifts from like the first half hour is like the meat cute stuff and then it shifts into paris texas uh hardcore territory where it's like a man looking for a woman and it's like i'm gonna go through the, like squalor and shit into a strip club it's like it, it, it is like a very popular beat from like this decade of like and of course it's here it's set to into deep by genesis so uh of course nothing goes along and then the pursuit of a young woman in through sex squalor then phil collins voice guiding mm-hmm. us along um yeah it's just like it <laughs> it does it just feels so out of place <laughs> and then you you're seeing guys like with an mm-hmm. industrial cans <laughs> oh, and br- br- of disinfectant. Oh, fuck, that seems so good. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Just like a sprayer. It's like, what are you doing? It's like disinfectant. Looking for a girl. Oh, yeah. Blonde. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, young girl. Mm, I didn't know you were into the young girls. It's like, uh, good. I just like the huge can of disinfectant. But yeah, the, hoping, that, that hoping, whole yeah. the whole peep show scene with that music was another one that I was like, these things don't match to me for me. Oh, and then and then we get uh yeah uh, my note here oh British gangsters so ugly because it's like man that's like one of the things I love about watching these like seventies eighties uh, British gangster movies is you get like British men holy fuck those, those unfortunate haircuts and bad suits and stuff like that you, nowhere mm-hmm. nowhere else in the world do you get them just like this maybe like in a movie like Friends of Eddie Coyle and stuff like that you, like American like Irish mobster dudes that are like lumpy and stuff like that but they're never sure. quite they're, they don't look quite like British gangster guys do in these movies mm-hmm. um, there's like the bit so during the uh, the, the hunt for um, uh, the girl uh, we get uh, the bit where he has to like get a blowjob I guess from the wrong girl <laughs> like mm-hmm. from and cause it's like and it's so like ugh it's like this yeah. is like this is kind of like uh, that that rarity of a uh, female on male rape essentially and he's like begrudgingly goes along with it and it's just like ugh it's like quite mm-hmm. like oh poor poor Bob get out of there Bob but he can't yeah. cause he doesn't want this girl to get beat up and uh and she got beat up anyway um things are just not great in this this mm-hmm. this film um yeah. yeah so yeah exactly there there's things like that, that and it's like again these, it's these like yeah these tonal shifts and then you get like mm-hmm. kind of the michael kane stuff where it's like the whole plot i guess is like michael kane wants to blackmail a guy mm-hmm. and things aren't working out that well but michael kane's also buddies with um simone's ex-pimp uh, and then we get this like ridiculous scene of like razor blade action and like in a side of an elevator. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's just running yeah. up and down and slashing away. And the music's super dramatic. And you're like, what the hell? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, this is, that kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, it, it, yeah, it's it escalates. It does come but out of I, nowhere. I guess the idea is that like the movie has these tonal shifts because it makes the moments of violence like jump out more. 
Mm-hmm. I guess this is kind of the idea behind it. Um, yeah, and then there's like the bit where um, uh, George has this confrontation with Simone, and he's just taking those like shots from that whip that she's got, like right full onto mm-hmm. the face, and he's just like, he, oh. he's working through it, man. Strong style. He is just taking those shots and British not bulldog, <laughs> man. Yeah, he is not blinking, and uh, man. Uh, that's that's some pride in that performance, and yeah, he got a bunch of attention for this movie. Like he like Good. his whole thing is like he elevates this movie. Like if you take him out of this, you just have like a paint by the numbers type of movie that's like just there. Yeah. But Bob Hoskins is like he really fills that role up, and uh, yeah, that's what's got going for it. Um, there's one great line here uh, I wrote down. It's uh, talking about like why they use the church to have their like uh, mm-hmm. meetings. It's like it's the one place no one ever goes. Oh, zing. Uh, good. Yeah. That's, that's very English type of thing. Um, yeah, there's also a bit where, uh, there's the big chase kind of along, uh, God, that, that deck area kind of, um, the poop deck, the poop deck, uh, just like oh, out in the open, like the whatever boardwalk, the boardwalk. That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, one day you'll have to explain where this chud business all started. Um, it don't there, matter. Bob Hoskins just like with that jumping headbutt. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. Like he's getting whipped in the head. He's headbutting people. Dude's got a fucking thick skull, man. Look at him. Look at it. Look at him. Look. Go hey, back. Maybe this vampire go, ears. Go back to that um, uh, on SoundCloud. The Long Good Friday uh, uh, graphic that accompanies that episode. That that tells you mm-hmm. everything you need to know about Big Bob. Oh, he's so cool. Man. Uh, I love Bob and, Austin. And then in all caps, I have the note midgets. Um, uh, yeah, our uh, Time Bandits cameo. Yes, and then um, yeah, then we get people getting shot up in uh, some squibbing, and, and mm-hmm. men just getting blown away, etc. Real and, good squibbing too. Yeah, it looks very good. Uh, again, it's that that big explosion of violence, and uh, yeah, and then it's kind of like the end of the movie, and it's kind of like this happy ending, and uh, it's like, oh, it's all a nice deal, which you don't really think you're going to get with this movie because I guess, yeah. like, thinking about, like, the other uh, Bob Hoskins movie in the Criterion Collection with that Long Good Friday, that's, like, like one of the, like, that movie's just okay, but that movie's got, like, an amazing ending. Like, fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Like, and so, and it's like, I was like, I, mean, this, I was like, oh, things aren't going to go well, but then it's like, mm-hmm. everything works out great. Yeah, yeah, it does. For us, and you, and me. Yeah, all, all all involved. All of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. Yeah. No. It's it's a good movie. It's uh, it's like I was saying. Um, I think the first half hour is really great. Uh, I I was really into it for the first bit, and then it kind of fizzles after that. Not fizzles. It kind of just falls into a nice casual walk for right. what's left, and. It leaves a little bit to be desired, but I don't know. That know. that's not even words that make sense what I'm saying now. Anyways, you get what I mean. I think the first half hour is really good, and then I think the rest of the movie is pretty good. But it's what you said. Without Bob Hoskins, there's not too too much there. Well, it's a good thing he's here. It's a good thing he's here. It's a good thing he was here in this world, man. Yeah. World's a better place with Bob Hoskins. Mm. What would what would this world be without Shmi from Hook? <laughs> oh, Shmi. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look here. Well, there's some people who mm, they don't hate this movie. They just don't care yeah. about it. <laughs> uh, that seems right. Yeah. So Adam here gave this movie two stars. Uh, an undercooked neo noir. 
notwithstanding a standout role for actor Bob Hoskins, who deservedly received near-universal acclaim as an ex-con turned chauffeur to a high-priced London call girl, as well as the film that made international audiences first take notice of up-and-coming Irish filmmaker Neil Jordan. It's like, yeah, yeah, there's like no real... Is that his whole review? That's the whole review. It just ends right there. (laughs) Uh, Undercooked. You know what I think is really funny? How people like for neo-noirs and noirs and things like that, it's like hard-boiled, undercooked, (laughs) like soft-boiled egg analogies. Yeah. Like, what's what's that all about, bro? Uh, Cleverness. That's what it's all about. Ah, I see. Keep, Uh, Keep going on people who are just soft on this. Uh, Jenna Ipcar gave this two and a half stars. It was good, but then it had this weird sappy undercurrent. Keeps you interested, but never quite delivers. Nothing haunts you the way it should. Just always keeps its head above water. Though I thought uh, Kathy Tyson was brilliant. So that's Simone. Um, yeah. I, 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 Bob I, Hoskins. I, I don't know. I guess she, I mean, he speaks for himself. Yeah, I think there's like something about that weird sappy undercurrent I think is kind of yeah. what you're referencing. Where, yeah, the total shifts. Yeah, it's because it's, it's there, but it doesn't mm-hmm. like necessarily need to be there. Or yeah, it seems like, oh, it's kind of like a romantic comedy borderline. Like it just borderline. kind of there. And then you get kind of like the goofy asides with uh Robbie Coltrane old cracker himself and uh I don't know like what what, what do you think of the, his his character in it like cuz you get him is I don't know he, Robbie Coltrane yeah what what do you think of his character in this like it's such an odd um, he's he's just here and I'm like hmm I guess he, I guess Bob Hoskins needs a friend and he needs someone to work off of uh yeah. he doesn't really like pay off or play off he's like always just uh, a character he goes back to and he's kind of talking mm-hmm. to about these books and he's a writer or he's just lending him books and then he's making this like found sculpture art in this garage I'm assuming mm-hmm. he like works as a mechanic to make ends meet and he's also an ex-con that like was their cellmates maybe at some point and mm-hmm. like he got out earlier and he was like yeah no I'm all set up you can come sleep in the garage and we'll hang out mm-hmm. But it's just kind of there. And I, I'm like, what? what is up with him? I don't know what's up with him, man. That's a good question. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but uh, eh, I don't know. Um, he's he's just there. He just serves as like a way for him to be to get back into the world almost. He's like, hey, look, I saved the car that you had. Yeah. And... I'll be here when you need someone to be there for you as that is my role. Yep. And that's about it. That's about it. I guess. I don't know. That's fine. Um, <laughs> that it, it's, he, he's there. He's Hagrid. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's that. That's that mattress, man. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know what, I think this is the last time we see Bob Hoskins. No. Because we had, we had him in Brazil and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is it. This, this completes the trilogy. Man. Well, until Hook gets added to the, uh, Criterion. (laughs) Yeah. Real talk though. Why isn't Roger Rabbit in the Criterion? Because, uh, that movie has no problem being released on video. Um, it could have. I mean, I'm wondering off the top of my head if it was in the Criterion Collection as a Laserdisc, but I don't think it was. Warner Brothers, man, they're not gonna they're not gonna give up that money. We can watch it on our own and review it for the Criterion creeps. That's right. 
I guess. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that, but that's fine. Uh, Any uh, last thoughts here about Mona Lisa? What, from me? Mm-hmm. No, you pretty much know what, uh, what I think here. I think it's... I think the first part's really great, and then the rest of the movie's good. Not, not. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Like, uh, it's worth watching. Yep. It's better than that last fucking movie we watched. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. Yeah, whatever that fucking thing was called. The last thing we watched, you know, coup, coup de torchon. Yeah. Exactly. That fun thing. Yeah. Yep. Um. After the break, uh, Arj is gonna get shot. There's going to be squibs. Then I'm going to get shot, and we're just going to be dead. And it'll be still a happy ending because Bob Hoskins and Robbie are fine on a park well, bench. You you had an easy out, man. You could have just said, hey, Grid will walk us into the sunset, and you fucking blew it. <laughs> I don't want to say hey, Grid. Why not? It's what he is. It's a cult. Mm. Backpage. I am. Li- I am really starting to think that Jarrett is on Backpage as like a paid person because the amount that he brings it up on the show <laughs> is far too much. Twice. In far, nine, twice in ninety-one episodes. Far, far too much. Yeah. You so, can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us about I don't know your prostitute stories. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on the Letterboxd. Uh, I don't watch movies anymore, but uh, our RJ will I do. be. He's going to watch some movies tonight, right? Good ones that people will want to hear about. Mm-hmm. Like the ones that you, even ones you don't even wind up talking about, like Goon. Um, we're mm-hmm. on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. We've got a Patreon, and uh, just saw that... Uh, Oliver gave us a raise, so thank you very much for that. Wow. Um, so you should help us too. And if not, hey, if you haven't given us a review on that iTunes or wherever you're reviewing stuff, or you can, you should do that. 
I think that's just as helpful. Five, isn't star, it? five stars or nothing, though. That's the, yeah. that's the name of the game. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> we've been sitting at four and a half because that one dude gave us that horrible review that one time. Yeah. So we really need to boost it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, hey, next week, RJ, I think it's time to revisit those laser discs. No! <laughs> no! Yeah. I thought we were going to no, do the other one. No, no, no. We got, we got spy number eight. In, what is that? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, no! <laughs> Fuck! From no. 1956. RJ, uh, it's Aliens. Yeah, but you know what I thought we were watching next week? Well, we'll watch it the following week. Man, I was so it's, pumped. It's not going anywhere. And uh, uh, that, that Body Snatchers from 1956, directed by Don Siegel. And uh, I don't know, we're probably going to wind up watching all those Body Snatcher movies. You're probably going to wind up watching all those Body Snatcher movies. Now you're not into aliens. Wow. You're just, I don't like... You, you they're pod aliens. They, they don't you, count. I you, like the greys. You've got to live the gimmick, dude. Just... I like the grey aliens. You know, the ones that are uh, the big, tall, skinny bastards? Mm -hmm. So... All shapes and sizes. Mm, I'm I'm not into that. I like shaming the bodies of aliens. Mm -hmm. Well, good night. Uh, RG's just gonna have to wait to watch his Michael Bay movie for another another week. No, fuck it. I'm gonna watch that tonight. I don't give a shit. <laughs> have fun. I'm gonna watch it every night. Every night. Oh my god, Stanley <laughs> Goodspeed. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, nice. Good night. Eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>